Very long hiatus. Yeah, I actually wasn't that long, but it felt long. Yeah, no, it just feel like it's been a while. Yeah. Like, I had to, I was reading part of this chapter here, and I was like, wait, what, where did we leave off at? Wait, where did we leave off? They are trying to get into the the Lord Connor, whatever his name is, Connor, uh, sent them on a special mission. <laughs> special mission? <laughs> they got a special mission. They got a special mission. Uh, special mission Rakil and Hadar and that right. mysterious guy, and they, they're just getting to where they're climbing up over the thing, getting in. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. Good part. Good part. Yes. Sorry for the break last week, guys. We just had too much going on. Yep. In our uh, lives. I was gone Intensely for forward. a weekend. Yeah, definitely that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So some exciting news this past week. We've been updating the, um, Twitter account for the Lord of the Rings Amazon Prime show, um, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, they, tell I me. I think they've shown us everything the entire map now. Um, so we have, oh, what was the name of that? Numenor is on yeah. there. Numenor is on there all the way to Rune. Yeah, um, and it's and like further a little bit. There's like um, mountains. And maybe that is like normal canon. I'm just not aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty normal. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so they did that, and they would, but they what they did is they tweeted out um, certain spots of the map, um, along with the. It's not a, it's, I want to say poem, but like with the ring. Um, oh, that little one yeah, ring to rule them all. One, yeah, that one. Because, <laughs> but like it mentioned, like nine rings for. Oh, men, that's yeah, so cool! Three rings for the elven lord, elven king, whatever. What is it? Why I do we not know this? Uh, yeah, this is. This is this is lame. <laughs> and then ended with that, but no, the last tweet that they sent out was "Welcome to the Second Age." So now, so not only do we have uh, there's area, so much, but we also have the timeline. Which Second Age is like? I know nothing of like because like Caleb and I were talking earlier, and we're like, this is why we don't do like contests in the Second Age or First Age or have anything to do it because we're like, who dat? Right. Because I know nothing, and so if they like dive into that. Of course, I don't so know what what rights do they have because I know they don't have rights to the Silmarillion. Silmarillion. That. <laughs> so, I don't know, um, because Tolkien is credited <coughs> as a writer. Oh, well, I mean, on there, yeah. But I don't know, like, because I was thinking, what is his name, Christopher Tolkien? Yeah. Christopher um, Christopher. he was saying, or he was very much against the muse, wasn't he? Maybe this is like totally no, making thinks- something up. Well, I know he wasn't happy with the Hobbit. Yeah, well, that joined the club. <laughs> um, but I don't know if he was against the TV show coming out or not. Okay. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I don't remember. I would look it up, but my phone isn't working. Yeah. Um, um, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see as it unfolds. So, basically, right now, all we have on it is uh, a map showing us where in Middle-earth it's going to take place. Which, if you and haven't seen that map, it's beautiful. Yeah, the map the is The colors really, really are good. beautiful. Yeah, the map is really good. It's been really exciting to watch. And then the second age. So, this all takes place, like, in the third Yeah, end of the third age. So that's, end of the third age. Because that's when, all, that's where the Lord, of, uh, that's, like, where Lord of the Rings takes place. And then at the end, when um, Aragorn is crowned king, is, is the beginning of the fourth age. Okay. So... And I, I, I could be wrong, but they had originally, the original speculation was that this show was going to take place when Aragorn was yeah. a child. So, but if I don't really know what it happened. says, Welcome to the Second, second Age, what does that be mean? I don't know that, would Aragorn even be alive? I mean, I know no. he's, he's like, I know he's lived longer than most men do, but, but, but the, oh, I the forget. ages are a couple hundred years. A thousand years. Okay. They're yeah. long, depending yeah. on the age, but Yeah. So, no. So, unless that's going to be, like, a later, because I really do want that. It could span, depending on how well it does. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Aragorn's, like, life before that, Stars of Light wrote a beautiful one-shot about that. And I loved it so much, I forget what it's called, but just go to her profile. And (laughs) it's, I loved it. I was, like, dying, because it's written from somebody else's point of view. And then, ah. then you find out, you, like, see his other name, because he introduces himself as, it's one that starts with a T. Uh, I don't know. 
But I was like, ooh, ooh, that's him, that's him. And I was, like, fangirling, and Caleb was like, are you okay? And I was like, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's him, it's him. Wow. Well, it's I don't have I was, issues. I was watching Lord of the Rings the other day, and I was thinking about this show. And I was like, hmm, this is supposed to be, like, a, a young Aragorn. Uh, right, he's, who knows, I don't know how old he is in Lord of the Rings, and I don't even know how old Viggo Mortensen is now, but, like, who cares? I was fine with him playing, like, a 16-year-old, yes. like, I don't care. Dye his hair. He'll be. He is hot enough that I mean I really won't care. <laughs> oh, and he's just his voice is so great, and it just fits, and I love him. But if it's gonna be Second Age, then I don't think it's gonna be about. No, but who would it be about? I don't. Know. I don't know because. But was the Second Age when like a Sauron was kind of. See, second, first age and second age blur together for me. We could totally pull out a timeline, though. Where's the book? Where's the book? No, you don't have to move. I'll get it. See, this is what we should have done beforehand. Should I pause it? Nah. Okay. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it's going to, like, start, if their plan is to, like, start uh, with, like, them wrapping up final battles. Of that time, of like the Great War, whatever they called it, uh, and then uh, later seasons would move towards like. Aragorn. Yeah, kind of because I think they were planning. I don't know. I mean, I this is just what from what I've heard. Yeah, that was just speculation. I don't think there was ever anything confirmed by. Does your books not have a timeline? No. Oh wait, no, that's the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> Wrong book. I was like, where it be? Okay. You're looking up the time. Looking at the time. <laughs> oh, it smells so the, good. These well, are like. I have the 1940s edition. Oh, Lord they're the gorgeous. Box, set. It's really box awesome. set. Is the fucking box still there? Yeah. It's, and it's in like, it's in immaculate. Yeah. Really that old. No offense to anyone. Just the 1940s. <laughs> <laughs> You're old. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the second age. Hmm? Might be. Wait, why does it bounce right into the second age? Eh. I don't know how this works. I don't, I don't need, I don't I might not know how to do this whole book thing. Maybe we just saw it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that blurs together. Yeah. And I know there might be probably people, everybody, everybody's listening. It's like, well, you see, the thing is, okay. <laughs> it's got something to do with probably Fanor. Probably not. No, that's something different. That's like way first age. But it's like anytime it's like before Lord of the Rings, it's like definitely either Fanor or like the Sons of Fanor or something like that. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting. You know, where and when it takes place, there is literally nothing else. They haven't even been passing for it yet. So. Which, that's all I want. I know, I That's know. all I want. Just one. Just be like, and so-and-so is... I haven't seen too many so and so. Um, Amazon Prime originals. I've seen a few. Um, the Tick was really good as far as, like, that. Uh, Goliath was really good. They did a movie that was really, really good. Um, and I think I read that they have, like, a million-dollar budget on this, which is actually not a lot for a show like Lord of the Rings, because uh, you have so many special effects, but, but CGI has come so far yeah. that it, maybe it makes up for that. Like, I think of, like, trying to do Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings movies on a budget like that. Like, you could not have done that. Not with all But the will they get a bigger budget as, like, doesn't that budget grow? so. Because, like, maybe it's for a certain amount of episodes. Right, right. I mean, oh, that, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. it is, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So, and I, I'm assuming it's probably six or eight episodes. Okay. They're normally originals out of six or eight episodes. So, yeah, it's just that for the original. Okay. Six or eight. And then they'll get. And then if they get picked up for another season, they'll do another. Another season. I just want the one to come back. That's all I want. I, You know what I really want? I just want Lord of the Rings merch to come back. I mean, yeah. Into stores. Yes. 
my bank account says, no, we don't need that. Hard pass. But I, I, I do want that. That's been pretty exciting for me to see some of this. Yeah. Learn more about it. But yeah, okay. Anything else? Um. Not really. We're gonna. T- so, um, we're going to talk about the contest at the end of this, um, because round one is done and going into round two. So we'll talk about that later. Um. Somebody started reading the return, my own fanfic, and was commenting on it. I was like, bless you. I guess you pronounce it Luzi, L-U-Z-I-E, 1910. Like, bless you. I still got a reply. (laughs) Wow. Okay, but I've been, like, at work the past two and a half days. Yup. But yeah, so... So I think for this week's episode and next week's episode, we're going to try to fit three chapters in. Um, we can splice episodes together, but we're going to try to keep it under an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, uh, towards the end of March, we actually have author Sansa's room, um, Caleb or Gareth or Duna Dine. Yep, you got it. Duna Dine. Dine. Gareth or Duna Dine. Um, he is going to be in town all the way from Yep. Oh, sorry if you didn't want to know where. <laughs> no, 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 you Nobody goes up there on purpose. So. Uh, he's he's fine. He'll be okay. Weekend, and we are going to try to have an episode with him on it. So, yes. Any questions? We'll read probably the epilogue of part two with him and uh, any questions that we've had from him, like literally how to pronounce all of those. All the words. Um, <laughs> anything <laughs> like that. You guys had any questions or comments about it? About um, that, or like even. I'm sure he'd be fine with questions about future works or other works. Oh, yeah. Other, his other stuff. His, yeah. yeah, any of that. Um, I'm sure he'd be okay with. Yeah. Anything of that sort, we'll wrap up the epilogue of part two with him. And then after that, we're probably going to delve into some one-shots for a while. Yes. I'll take a break from Sansa's room. Um, we are planning on coming back yes, to that. Absolutely. Probably it's... summer sometime. Yeah. June-ish. We'll see how things mm-hmm. go. Um, we both have pretty full schedules over the next two months. So. We do. Like, my March to May right now is like slammed. Yeah. So, uh, then maybe after that we can come back to it. But yeah, any questions, comments, concerns? Concerns. <laughs> in regards to Santa Rune or Gareth or Duna. Don, Duna Don, yeah. I can't, my brain cannot say that. Why? Like, it has Gareth to or, stop. Gareth or It wants to say Duna Dane. Duna it, Dane. It has to. It has to say Duna Dane. <laughs> it's like, no, not how you do it. Uh, but he's going to be on, so we'll do, hopefully do a Q&A with him. Yeah. I will. Yeah, I have no doubt. <laughs> See, you have it because, like, I know the ins and outs. Yeah. Not a whole lot. Like, I don't remember most of Sansa Rune because I promise I read it a long time ago. But, like... Yeah. I have that access yeah. to that information. Yeah. So. And plus, oh. you're just better at the whole questions thing. I'm just like, that's cool. <laughs> and I move on. And I move on. And moving on. And my moving life. on with my life. Alright, so I guess we'll get started here. Uh, chapter 12 of the Defender of Darkness. Like I said, the last time we left off, Rukil, Hadar, uh, there was other names that I remember. Um, the strange guy who did the whole disappearing him. thing. Mm-hmm. His name is who goes by Fox. Oh um, right, that's what his name is. Mm-hmm. I remember that. So name. they're just now breaking into um, <coughs> Gondor. Is that where we're at? That's a great question. <laughs> I feel like we're around here somewhere. Yeah, here, it's, Bor- Fair yes. here in Boromir, so it's got to be somewhere. Around. Yeah, or is it Alaskil? No, Alaskil? No. I don't think so. I don't no. remember that word. <laughs> It's in movies. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think I remember anything. Oh, okay, that's fine. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> You're just like, I don't remember that word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would remember a complicated word like that. Aww. Oh, We're that. good at this. I'm good at this. Heck yeah. <laughs> Reading, I mean. Oh. <laughs> not podcasting. Definitely not podcasting. I don't 
don't know. Alright, guys. Chapter 12, Under the Cover of Darkness. We were in. The streets on the side of the city were deserted, and frightened townspeople had locked their doors, hiding with their terror. Though I pitied them, part of me was relieved. It would make the mission far easier if there were less watchful eyes about. We all met Hadar on the wall where he was waiting for us. From there, we planned our next move. Most of the commotion was taking place far from us, as most of the guards had already been sent to fight on the front lines. We have a lot of ground to cover between here and the front gate, I said as I surveyed the city. We were on the exact opposite side, leaving a small army between us and them. It'll take at least an hour to traverse the whole wall and reach the gate. We could try and sneak through the city, cut the distance in half, Graham suggested to me. Ah, Graham was the other one. Oh. <laughs> there was another one. Too risky, I shook my head. There'll be patrols in the streets. No, wait. The Westron has a point, Hadar interjected. I noticed that Fox was remaining silent. Most of the soldiers are already on the far wall, and the townspeople are too afraid to venture outside. It may be even safer than the wall, since they've no doubt posted at least a few guards along the walls to keep watch. I pondered his words for a moment. He made a convincing argument. At worst, it would be as dangerous. If not, it'd be significantly safer, and at the same time, it would be a safer. Very well, but we have to be careful. If so much as one person sees us, we'll be as good as dead. I didn't relish the thought of failing our mission, let alone being killed before the actual battle was even fought. I'll admit. I leapt down from the wall, and we made our way carefully down the main thoroughfare, turning into the first back alley that we saw. None of us made a sound as we stealthily wound through the dark alleys and back streets. Suddenly, I held a hand up, and we all stopped. I could have sworn that I heard footsteps. We had stopped just in time. Two heavily armed Gondorian soldiers ran past, armor clanking loudly. Put a hand on the hilt of my sword and glanced at Hadar, who shook his head. No point in trying to kill them, it would be too risky. After they disappeared down another street, we continued. The sound of the catapults filled the air, and the stingingly sweet smell of smoke entered my nostrils. I grinned warmly at the thought of possibly being killed by catapult by friendly catapult fire. Wouldn't that be an ironic way to die? I mean. I pushed the thought away and focused back on the task at we were now nearly halfway to the gate, but what we had already passed, what we had already passed through, had been the easier half. What was to come would be far more difficult. Each step we took that brought us closer to the gate also brought us closer to the bulk of the enemy army, and, conse and consequentially closer to possibly being seen. Perhaps if we split up, we'd have a better chance. Hadar, you and Grant should create a distraction so the path to the gate is clear. Fox and I will use that to get there and open it. Don't put yourselves in any more danger than you have to, I whispered, prancing furtively up and down the alley. Hadar narrowed his eyes. Are you sure that's why splitting up makes us weaker? But it also makes us a smaller profile, I countered. Besides, that way, even if Fox and I fail, you two will have a chance. Rand nodded in agreement. I'd have to agree with your kill on this one. We need whatever advantage we can get. I realized that Fox hadn't given his opinion on the map. I looked intently at him. What do you think? He closed his eyes for a moment, seemingly in thought. A moment later, he opened them. It's risky, but I do not doubt that it may work. Very well, then. If we're all in agreement, I trailed off, glancing at Hadar. I didn't want him to go with, along with me just because he was outnumbered. I wanted him to agree. He sighed and shook his head. I don't think it's the best choice, but it's all we've got. So I agree. We attempt to split up. I nodded and tapped lightly on my Fox, you're with me then. Hadar and Bran, go start a fire. And now we're switching to Rivers. The hard German man of Rohan snuck silently across the street, keeping an eye open for guards. The Harvard German man of Rohan. After successfully crossing, they crouched down beside several tall girls and looked cautiously around. Confident that they were safe for the moment, Hadar spoke up. There isn't a house in this whole town made of wood. What does Rokil expect us to burn? Rand raised an eyebrow and nodded to something behind Hadar. The burly Haradrim turned around and laughed quietly. Before him was a large water mill. The building itself was stone, but the large wheel that normally turned in the water was most decidedly not. I should look around next time before I speak, Hadar laughed. Hey, that seems to be a bad habit of yours, Rand said with a he tapped lightly on one of the barrels they were hiding under, and if that weren't good enough, we have another stroke of luck. There's lamp oil in this barrel 
I'm a troll. Hey, Don Grant. Well, hopefully both are true. You're already a troll. At this, Grant frowned. That's not the point of the phrase, he said in a surly voice. Hadar rolled his eyes and lifted one of the lids of a barrel peering down into it. Definitely oil, he said after a minute, his voice echoing slightly from inside it. He stood straight and smiled roguishly. With the heat, he lifted the barrel, his muscular arms rippling with effort as he hoisted it over his shoulder. Let's burn this place, he said with confidence. Grand grinned back, grinned back and lifted the barrel of his own, having a much more difficult time than his power-driven counterpart. Eventually, however, he was able to carry it over to the mill, and he followed Hadar's example and began dumping the oil onto the mill wheel. The slick liquid cascaded onto it, and some of it dripped down into the water, creating a shiny sheen on its surface. When they had emptied the barrel, they decided to search inside the mill for a torch. Hadar quietly opened the door and the two cautiously entered. To their surprise, it was empty except for a few large wooden boxes. Fortunately, however, they found a torch in a wall sconce quickly lit it. Graham took it from his place and carried it outside. Which way should we go when we light this? Graham asked. Neither of them had really thought about it. Uh, oh, no, it's fine. Because we, we still gotta go for talking to him. Uh. Hair scratched his turbaned head thoughtfully, taking in their surroundings and seeming to miss their tranquilizer options. Grand held the torch in silence, waiting for the Haradrim to decide. After a moment, Hadar pointed toward the culvert in the river. As soon as you light it, we jump into the river and make for the culvert. We'll meet in the forest outside. If anything goes wrong, split up. Grand narrowed his eyes. I suppose that's the best idea we have at the moment. A catapult round Hinnabilly just down the road from the flats in the river. Seeing as we don't have much time to think of a better option, we'll do that. The blonde man nodded at Hadar and brandished his torch. Ready? Ready. Grand tossed the torch onto the mill wheel and it burst into flames. He smiled triumphantly at Hadar, but the smile immediately vanished as a voice cried out in alarm. Both arsonists looked in the direction of the yell and saw four Gondorian soldiers running angrily towards them while two more rushed to put the fire out. Burn, Hadar yelled as he dove into the water with a splash. Grand ran frantically along the side of the river, listening as the clanking of the soldiers' armor grew louder behind. Suddenly, he heard a whistle as an arrow narrowly passed an arrow narrowly passed by his head. He turned and saw that the soldiers had drawn bows, and they were all firing at him. His heart thumped loudly in his ears, drowning out all other sounds. He put on a renewed burst of speed in a desperate attempt to gain distance. He was close to the culvert now, so close, but he never made it. A rush of pain suddenly came from his thigh, and his leg gave out under him. He fell to his knees, but continued to war, willing himself to he reached down to touch his thigh and felt the shaft of an arrow protruding from it. Warm blood quickly covered his hand and he began to feel lightheaded, just a little farther. He felt himself be pushed forward by an unseen force from behind and realized he had been hit by another arrow in the small of his back. He fell forward, unable to go any further. His vision began to darken and he heard, rather than felt, strong arms lifting him up and voices shouting desperately. The last thing he saw before he went unconscious was Hadar watching through the culvert in silent death. I don't even know these characters that well in this time. <laughs> okay, now we're switching back to first person. This is going to be for Phil and Fox. I followed Fox through the back alleys, careful to stay close to the shadows that hid us from the watchful eyes of the enemy. Strangely enough, Fox seemed to know his way through the city well, his pace sure as he led me ever closer to the gate. After what seemed like hours, we made it to an alley next to the gate. We could see it clearly from where we were. Most of the soldiers were milling around behind the gate, standing in silent fear. They seemed to know that this was only a matter of time before they were either burned out of the city, or a wall would come crashing down from the constant barrage of their catapults. I didn't want to see the soldiers' faces. Killing was so much worse than to see who you were killing. But despite that, my curiosity won out, and my eyes slowly lifted to study the faces of each man. Many of them were young, younger than me most likely, and some were old, their gray beards pushing these weren't soldiers. They must have been given armor in the last minute. The thought of these armed townspeople facing a trained soldier, soldiery of room filled my heart with pity for them. They'd be cut down quickly, almost without a fight. I noticed that Fox was watching me intently, and I broke out of my thoughts and narrowed my eyes on him. What? I said. Sure, sure he had been reading my facial expressions. 
His green eyes stared back at me, and I felt like he was judging me. Nothing at all, he said, without breaking eye contact. I need to get to the gatehouse without killing anyone. There was a strange that was a strange request. Why? I asked. Because the less bloodshed, the better, he replied. His voice sounded strange now, almost wiser. These people will surrender if the gate is breached, I am certain of it. He spoke as though he knew something I didn't. What makes you think that? I looked inquiring and asked. They're not fighters. They know that they'll lose. He averted his gaze to the gate. Let you be quick about it, shall we? Something about his whole demeanor had changed, and it made me suspicious. I felt like he was in charge now, not me, and I wasn't sure why, but he seemed to want the battle to end with as few casualties as possible. Most mercenaries would be eager for the bloodshed, but Fox wasn't. For the moment, however, I decided not to question him. If he was up to something, I didn't want him to know I was on him for it. I'd be keeping an eye out for him to make one false move, and then I'd have the element of surprise. We both stood, and he turned to face me. You have a higher purpose than this, he said, and then dashed forward to the gatehouse on the recovery of some metal. I raised an eyebrow. Why did he keep saying that? I shrugged it off for the moment, decided to wait and consider what he meant by it. We reached the gatehouse without being seen, and we now stood outside the door. Peered in and saw two soldiers sitting at a table eating something against the box. Like a flash of lightning, he moved from his spot next to the doorway to the table, knocking both soldiers out with a fist to the face. I drew my sword and moved to one, ready to finish him off. Fox grabbed my arm and shook his head. No, no bloodshed, he said reprovingly. I sheathed my weapon and looked around. Next to the table was a wheel with a handle on it, on its side. It most likely opened. Above it was a slit in the wall, through which I could see our army waiting just outside. I turned to tell Fox to watch the door. Once again, he was gone. There was no sign of him in the room. I sighed in annoyance and began to turn the wheel. I could hear the creak of the gate as it opened slowly. I felt a jerk as the gate changed to strength. I looked through the slit in the window. I could see Lord Connor on top of Steve raising his sword and shouting as the... What is it again? Loquet? Yeah. Okay. As the Loke Gamp friends joined in a blood-chilling battle cry, the faces of the Gondorians at the gate flashed briefly through my mind. They were all dead men because of me. Whether I was on the right side or not, I had sentenced each and every one of those men to death. Hanar would not accept surrender. Fox was wrong to think he would. I had done my part, but the battle had just begun. Hell had been He has a video of Creed 300. Of what? The movie 300. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's good. Is it? Yeah. It's what really is it? Good. I think you've told me, but I don't... It's about uh, uh, Leonidas, King Leonidas taking his last stand against the Persians. And hey. only 300 soldiers. Um, it's, yeah, it's based on a true story. I'm gonna, that would, that's probably really good. It's... So I need to add that. Have you seen the um, uh, "This is Sparta kick" where you yell "This is Sparta" and you kick? Have you ever seen? I like I. That's get it. Okay. Okay. I need to watch that. I need to listen. Basically, the messenger comes and tells them like you better bow down to King of Persia and Leonidas. King Leonidas does some stuff to him, and he's like, "This is Sparta," and he kicks him pretty well. Sometimes it do be that way. It do be that way. That's fine. I kind of want to watch the video. Alright, chapter 13, a choice to make. How long is this chapter? 10 minutes. Okay. Alright, switching back to third person. The Easterlings sprang through the now open gate, letting out a chilling battle cry as they rushed at the waiting Gondorian soldiers. The cry itself seemed to shake them, but they nonetheless braced themselves at the order of Boromir their commander. Shields up, spears out, he cried in a commanding voice. His eyes narrowed in determination. The enemy came through the smoke rapidly, long halberds held in front of them as they charged. Several of them fell to the ground as arrows pierced their armor, and Boromir gave a nod of thanks to his brother, who stood behind the Gondorian soldiers with what was left of his rangers. Faramir acknowledged the nod with a grim smile as he fitted another arrow to the string of his bow. But even the arrows of the rangers weren't enough to slow the advance of the Easterlings. They made contact with the Gondorian line, shouting as they fought. Boromir could tell that his men were on the verge of breaking already. These were not the trained men that he was used to commanding, but he still knew that he must do what he could to save them. Fall back to the thoroughfare, he shouted as he ran an Easterling through with his sword. He turned and looked at his men, and it was then that he realized the mistake he had made. 
Instead of an organized retreat, the Gondorians had turned tail and ran immediately, making an easy target for the usurpers. The cruel men chased them, cutting them down mercilessly as they fled. Boromir looked around wildly for Faramir. He couldn't lose his little brother. Much to his dismay, there was no sign of him among the fleeing men. Faramir, he shouted loudly, hoping that somehow his brother would hear him. However, a young soldier heard him and said and approached him. I saw Captain Faramir flee toward the keep with his men, sir. He was alive last I saw him. The soldier was breathing heavily and holding his side, and blood was sifting through his gloved hand. Thank you, soldier, Boromir said in relief. What's your name, lad? I am Barathor, sir. The young man was pale and now seemed to be struggling with pain. Boromir put an arm around him and helped him along as they, re as they retreated. Less than half of the soldiers at the gate were still alive. But Boromir's reckoning, by Boromir's reckoning, they had lost twice what the enemy had. What the enemy had. He had come to come to the realization, unless reinforcements came, the city was lost. And now we're switching back and forth. Why don't you switch back and forth? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's fan fiction and you have the freedom to do that. No, you're not wrong. I did that a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fine. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> fine. I, I mean, like, because if, if I was reading this in book form, then it, it would, would be make different. sense. Yeah. No, it would make it would, sense yeah. to switch back and forth, especially if, like, um, Boromir and Faramir especially were, like, already established characters. Right. Kind of like how we were talking with the second part of Younger Prince. Like, all of these characters were already established in the first one, so, so we, we want to tell it we from their points Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of just one right, point right, of view. Right, right, Yeah. So, I don't mind at all. I'm just making it work. <laughs> I heard the sounds of battle outside my fellow Locate Rim. As my fellow Locate Rim charged through the gates with a yell, my task was complete. The only thing left was to take the city, which would most likely be a matter of a few hours. I had a terrible gnawing, gnawing feeling at the pit of my stomach, and as I heard the screams of dying Gondorian soldiers, I wondered if I had done the right thing, if I was even on the right side. But now was not the time to entertain such feelings. Now was the time to fight. I drew my sword and dashed out of the room into the insanity that awaited outside. What greeted my eyes filled me with a mixture of emotions. Easterlings were chasing down the running Gondorian soldiers, cutting them down as they fled. Several of them seemed to be making the Gondorian soldiers' death slow on purpose, and the cries of agony and pain that came from the dying men made me sick. I had seen death before. The screams of the pit still echoed through my mind. But not even there had it been on such a massive scale, nor had such pure chaos reigned there as it did here. But this... What? Sorry, this is just... A, one thing I've noticed that I really like about Rukil is that he's not wallowing. Like, he's not sure if he's on the right side or not, but he's not sitting he's there going... Like, Right, right, oh, right. what do I do? Like, like I thought, like, like, it, like, I don't know if I'm on the right side or not, but I'm on this side right now, so I'm it's like do I'm what just I doing what I'm, yeah, what I'm supposed right. to be doing. Because like I feel like that's what a lot of like, especially YA books fall into. It's like, what am I doing with my life? Especially yeah. the whole what boy do I want? That's a different conversation. Um, yeah. that's a different um critique. For the but yeah but like. I just noticed that he just—he's not wallowing, but it, but like that thought keeps coming back. I feel like that's a lot more real. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because you're constantly wondering if you're doing the right thing. Right. Constantly, mm -hmm. like, am I doing my best here? Am I doing this right? I mean, even with like as you grow older, like in your thoughts on politics and stuff change. Right. You know. That's true. Ten, fifteen years ago, I was like da 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 da, and now I'm like. Well, now I've lived in the world a little bit and realized it's not quite that black and white. Right. Things are kind so, of... Yeah. Things are all gray. Gray. All shades. You only need three. <laughs> <laughs> you only need three. You only need three. Check out my Twitter uh, uh, photo up there. Uh, it uh, has a picture of Gandalf. It says, shout out to the girls who only needed three shades of gray to get through a trilogy. <laughs> Yes. Right? And that was the yes. Shades of Grey was even a trilogy. That is great. Right? It's literally my favorite. It's been <laughs> my um, was cover photo on Twitter for ever since I saw it. That is my favorite. Thing. That is amazing. Yeah. That's my favorite thing now. <laughs> right? I don't. So, I, yeah, that's my favorite thing this now. This is the girl who's only needed three shades of gray three to shades. get through a trilogy. <laughs> and it doesn't even make that much sense because it's just Gandalf the gray. It's not like he was different shades of gray, but like. No, but know. like, it's still, it's yeah. still funny. Right. 
<laughs> great. I was watching Boss Baby the other day. That was a great with, movie. Um, Alana, and I didn't realize the little wizard alarm clock in there was like, Yes, Gandalf, I fangirled so hard. I wanted to text you so bad because <laughs> you were out of town. Oh. And I wanted to be like, oh my god, you oh, don't do this. Boss he, Baby he movie. He something, he's like, fly you fool. Fly you fool. It's a good movie. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people don't like it, but I loved it. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And for the record, I've seen the, I've seen a lot of kids movies simply because they play in the house. I'm not like, you know, also for the record, they're good. Yes. Caleb's like, I haven't seen all of it. Like Tangled. He hasn't seen Tangled. And I'm like, how have you not seen Tangled? He hasn't seen the first Cars. (gasps) <gasps> I know. The first car is like one of the so best good. Disney Pixar movies. It's so ever. good. How have you not seen it? Like a million times. It's Mothood. It's Mothood. Of course, that's technically uh, that scene is. That's like end credits. End credits. Yeah. <laughs> Which those are great. It's still one of the best. Oh, it's Love amazing. It. I'm the world's best. Backwards driving. Take the You love her. 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 The entire movie is so It's so quotable. I love it so much. But yes. Yeah. I don't remember how we got here. The other thing that I do love about him is... Like, especially here just right now when he was talking about, like... The, the screams of this were so different than that of the pit. Like, he's mm-hmm. a trained killer. Let's right. not forget that this shouldn't bother him, but the people that he was being trained to kill were also trained to kill him. Right, and he's these recognizing are, that they're not. These are innocent people that mm-hmm. were not, these are farmers and storm yeah. Like, and he's realizing He's realizing that. Like, the weight the of that is, like, of it, yeah. The weight of it is growing on him. Which makes him question what side right. should be Which on. I love it. I yeah. just, yeah. Not do think He's doing a good job uh, balancing it because I feel like that's the problem. It's like yeah. a, I've seen a lot of it's imbalanced. Right. So they sit there for like three chapters and they're like, "What am I doing with my life?" And I'm like, "I don't care. Nothing clearly." Right. But the only thing that would have made it at all even a little bit better, and and I I can also see why he did it because of Blue Kill's upbringing. Is the only thing that might have added to his um, struggle with it would be um, any of their history with. Sauron freeing them and like them feeling like mm. their allegiance does lie to him, like does That's lie with true. them. Yeah, and so but know, when you're raised with that of this guy saved us, I don't care what he did to you. You don't know what we were going through. He saved us. Yeah, you know, of course we're gonna fight for him. Um, right, That's because true. I mean, it's literally like the like war between like Christians and Muslims, like. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the same, the same thing. They're like, no, this is our God. This is what he's done for us. And then Christian's like, no, this is our God. This is what he's done for us. Yeah. Like, um, that would add more to his, like, uh, struggle. Struggle with it. But I, I understand why he didn't because of how Rukil was raised. Uh, right. He's kind of like, he I don't want really anything any to do with his family. Right. So like, yeah. Why would he so much care about that? But it was, yeah. I, I do appreciate uh, him balancing all that out. Very well done. Back to the story. But this was war, and mercy was for the weak, I suppose. If we let them live, then they'd only come back to fight us later. At least that's how I justified it in my head. But that justification was growing weaker with each passing moment. I braced myself and charged forward with the other men joining in their battle cry. I was gaining on a Gondorian who was clearly already injured. He ran with a distinct lip, and his leg was covered in blood. But now I had sheathed my own sword and drawn my halberd instead, and I raised it above my head as I dashed forward at a burst of speed. The Gondorian turned and saw me gaining on him, and his eyes filled with fear, but the motion of his turn of turning his head caused him to stumble, and in less than a second I was upon him. With a cry I stabbed downward, skewering the hapless soldier. Mm-hmm. He gasped and fell the rest of the way to the ground, his blood painting the cobblestones in the rain. Well, like, can we just talk about how we just were talking about? <laughs> Oof! You killed. You failed us. You failed. Well, well, no, but this could be him down. trying to like silence his inner. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're like, no, I gotta do this. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the right thing. I felt a sudden pang of remorse at his death, but I didn't want to. These were the enemy. They deserved death. Called it! Called <laughs> it! But, but why? Why do they deserve death? My mind wouldn't let it go. And the thoughts kept filling me with doubt, but I still continued to cut down any enemies in my path, attempting to block out my mental struggle. I'm so good at this. I am so good at this. I read this. No, I don't remember a thing. I really don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. The, God, the remaining Gondorians finally turned to face us, forming a makeshift shield wall to stop our advance. But it was clear, but it was clear already who had, who had won. My comrades were high on the thrill of battle and better trained than the Gondorian soldiers, who were exhausted and disheartened by the slaughter at the gate. I was certain that they would have fled already if not for the steely determination of their captain, who looked familiar somehow. I couldn't place where, but I felt like I had seen him before. Then it came to me. He looked very similar to the captain I had fought at the Dagolord skirmish on the older. Perhaps they were brothers. That would explain the bravery that they both seemed to display even in the face of defeat. Despite my respect for men of honor, despite my respect for men of honor, such as this captain, I knew that he must die. Otherwise, the Gondorians would hold for much longer. I strode toward him, my sword dripping with the blood of those I had already killed. The captain glared at me, and with a cry, he rushed at me, sword in hand. I blocked his first attack with ease, although I could already tell that this man was much stronger than the other captain. I took a measured approach to this fight, only defending myself until I could see weakness in his fighting style. His attacks were strong, but they lacked discipline. He left himself wide open after each strike, allowing me to take advantage of his momentary vulnerability. I drew a dagger, and with a lightning quick speed, stabbed his side after he finished a swing with his sword. He gasped and took a step back, though I could tell that the wound wasn't fatal from the anger in his eyes. He suddenly grabbed a great horn from his side and blew it. The sound of it was deep and echoed through the city. Damn it, he, he has reinforcements, I thought to myself. Also, I did not say the D word, it was written in here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> Just want everyone to know. Perhaps they had saved the best soldiers. <gasps> I can totally call him out and call Caleb out because, like, he hates it when I cuss. Aww. Now his characters are. Oh, this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but from the desperation on the captain's face, I realized that no reinforcements had come. He had only blown the horn to rally his men, who seemed only slightly heartened by the deep rushing sound of it. I was filled with new confidence and aggressively advanced on the tall captain. I put all of my skills to use, spinning my sword at blinding speed and moving with the power of a tiger. The man had clearly never fought against anyone who fought like me, and his eyes widened as he struggled to block each attack. Despite this, he still managed to keep an eye on his men and momentarily gave them orders as he fought. <laughs> just, just, I feel like it's like a mom. I'm just I'm picturing a mom in the throes of time and trying to fight off the two-year-old is trying to throw the food on the food yes. and also trying to get the one up. Like, yes! That's, that's what happened. Yes! That is exactly what's happening right here. <laughs> <sighs> that was great. That's great. To the keep. To the keep. He finally cried as he realized... Get to the keep, you little... <laughs> to the bathroom right now! Right now! <laughs> yes. Don't you throw it. Don't you don't throw you it. Don't you throw that! <laughs> It's so funny. It's just exactly what I'm just because I remember knife like that. Yes. Been there. <laughs> On the both keep, ends. The, <laughs> <laughs> the mom and the one being yelled at. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yep. <laughs> You're not wrong. Well, it's great. <laughs> to the keep, to the keep, he finally cried as he realized that making a stand here was a sure way to die. His men made a more organized retreat this time and slowly backed down the street. The captain realized that I was distracted by the retreat and suddenly swung at me with a powerful slash, cutting my arm open. I clenched my teeth and looked down at my arm, which was already gushing bright red blood. I glared at the captain as he used the opportunity to break away and retreat down the road with his men. He had bested me, but he would die here. He only postponed his death. I grouped with the rest of the Loke Rim who had gathered in the street and were regrouping. Our losses had been greater here, although we still had more men than as I looked around and counted our casualties, an officer rode up on a cold black horse. We routed them back to the keep, he shouted, but their civilians are still barricaded in the homes. Kill them all, leave none alive. He raised his bloody sword into the air, and with a cr 
cry galloped down the road to the other horsemen. Killing civilians? It was difficult enough to, kill, to bring myself to kill the soldiers. Did you not hear him? Go! An officer on foot pushed me roughly as he ran past me towards the house. I looked down the street and saw each of them sticking down doors and seeing frightened women and children from their homes. Screaming and cries of anguish filled the humid air. I attempted to drown it out and ran to a small stone house. The door was locked, so with a powerful kick, I knocked it from its hinges and rushed into the building, sword in hand. What I was grieved with filled me with fear and sadness. Another soldier had broken into the back door, and he had already cornered a woman and her two young children. Their eyes were filled with tears, but each of them towered over them, ready to strike. At that moment, I knew I couldn't do this anymore. I couldn't let them die. Stop, I shouted as the soldier, at the soldier as he raised his sword. He turned and faced me, narrowing his eyes. Why? His voice was filled with disdain. They're innocent. They've done nothing, I exclaimed, my voice filled with emotion. War claims many, even, even the innocent, the Easterling said as he turned back to the woman and her children. I had to do something. Without even taking a moment to think, I rushed the soldier just as he was about to swing his sword and tackle him to the ground. He struggled against me as I pinned him, refusing to let him go. His eyes flashed with anger, and he attempted to reach for his dagger. What followed all happened in a split second. He grabbed the dagger. I wrenched it from his grasp, eliciting a hiss of pain as his wrist bent back in an unnatural angle. I thrust the sharp blade into his throat, watching as the life quickly left his eyes as his last breath forced dark blood from his mouth. I was shaking, and as the realization of what I had done hit me, I slowly rose and turned to the woman and children. She was looking at me wide-eyed, as if unsure what, of what had just happened. Her eyes slowly traveled down to the blood-stained dagger that, was, that I was brandishing. I fell back and dropped the dagger, leaning against the wall. You're safe now. Stay here and hide. I'll make sure your people come for you if, you, if come for you if any still remain. I was still shaking, and my voice was weak and came in short gasps. I didn't know what to do. If anyone found out that I had killed the other Easterling, I would be executed. That much was certain. I would tell an officer that this house had been cleared, and then what? I only had one choice. I couldn't stay in the locate room any longer. I would have to flee and hope that somehow no one noticed. I stood up and turned to leave, but stopped when I heard a soft voice behind me. I don't know why you did that, but thank you. You saved us. The woman's voice was filled with gratitude, and I nodded slightly. There was no guarantee that they were safe even now, but I would do my best to keep them from being killed. I exited the house and walked aimlessly into the street looking for an officer. I soon saw the distinctive red scarf of one and approached him. Sir, I cleared that house. It was empty, I said, pointing at the building. He looked at it and squinted at me. Where is you dear? he asked. Morgoth, that must have been the soldier I killed. <laughs> you dear, now that I can put a name to that face, that face that was filled with the shock at my betrayal. I just love that he cursed in, like, no language. <laughs> Morgoth. <laughs> <laughs> I felt a rush of remorse and sorrow. He moved on to that blacksmith's shop next door, and I said, in as even a voice as I could. I was a bad liar, and I knew it, but hopefully the scarf would hide any facial expression that would give me away. The officer looked briefly... The Oh, shoot. The officer looked briefly at the blacksmith's shop, then back at me. Go make sure he's all right. He's my son. I don't want anything happening to him. <laughs> he smiled faintly and put a hand on my shoulder. By the Malar, this couldn't be any worse. I began to feel lightheaded, but saluted and turned to go to the blacksmith's shop. When I saw that the officer wasn't watching me, I turned and sprinted toward the culvert that we had snuck into the city through. I didn't know where to go or what to do. Everything felt like it was caving in on me. I felt hopeless, just when my life was starting over. I reached the culvert, and the last thing I heard before I called through was a familiar horn, and another horn answered. Dang! What I loved that scene. Uh, that was right? so vivid and like so. Oh, so, oh my gosh! Yes. Because like, yeah, he could have easily known who that was. Right. I did it and then realized, like, oh, I can't leave it. But, like, it just, it kept unfolding. And it was like, oh, shoot. Or, oh, shoot. Yeah, oh, like shoot. 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. And I can always pause it when we get to the end and then. Because there's nine minutes, so keep an eye on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it. Uh, this one is under under the Ar- Argorna? Argonoth? Under the Argonoth. I ran all day, only stopping occasionally to catch my breath or drink from river, whose babbling voice had been my only companion. I wanted to put as much distance between me and the army as I could, although I was still level-headed enough to make sure I didn't get lost. I had followed the Anduin, Anduin? Mm-hmm. north until the land changed from flat plains 
land that was slightly more hilly. The tall trees that rose like the land's exposed spines in the landscape. In the distance, I could see that there was a massive waterfall, as the mist that came from it could easily be seen from where I stood. With luck, I would make it there by nightfall, though at the moment, I doubted I could rely on luck. It clearly wasn't on my side. I stopped and took in my surroundings. On the other side of the river appeared to be barren hills, lifeless, except for an occasional dismal-looking bush or tree that struggled to grow in the grayish chalky dirt. On my side of the river, it was lush and green, at least much greener than anything I had ever seen in my whole there. While the riverbank itself was rocky, the land just beyond it was covered with tall green grass and trees dotted the landscape. The only downside to the beautiful scenery was that I was completely visible and there was little cover. If anyone came after me, they'd be able to see me from away, from a distance. Sorry. <laughs> I tried not to let the thought bother me too much and instead focus on what was ahead. With a sigh, I leaned on my sword, and after taking a moment to catch my breath, I set off again. This is switching to, looks like, Faramir's I love him. Reinforcements have arrived from Minas Tirith. We're saved, Faramir cried out of excitement. The horn that had answered Faramir's was that of the tower of the tower guard, and that meant that Denethor had come, and most likely with an entire army. Boromir embraced his brother in relief and looked out a window of the keep. He could see the Easterlings falling back, retreating at the city gate. They hadn't expected reinforcements to arrive. But despite this, they were retreating in an organized manner. Vormir guessed that this attack wasn't strategic so much as a show of force. Either way, the Easterlings didn't seem eager to fight an entire army. It looks as though we won, little brother, Vormir smiled and clapped Faramir on the back. Several soldiers stood nearby and cheered with joy. Faramir seemed happy, but at the same time, a cloud of worry seemed to pass over his face. You know father would blame me for this, Faramir said, looking at his brother. Vormir rolled his eyes at him. Surely he cannot be so blind as that. Without you, the city would have fallen before he even arrived. I'll put in a good word for you. Faramir smiled appreciatively and turned as the door of the keep opened. Denethor strode in, dressed in the armor of a Gondorian knight. His sword, which was still in his hand, was covered in blood. Evidently, the Easterlings hadn't left completely without a fight. Faramir, I see you kept the city from burning completely down while it was gone, he said as he grinned widely and embraced his eldest son. Faramir returned the embrace and nodded. We did. Without Faramir's warning, the city would have fallen. At this, Denethor frowned. Give yourself some credit, my son. You mounted the defense of Ter Siren. I'm proud of you. Faramir melted into the corner of the room, knowing that anything he said would only draw his father's negative attention upon him. Faramir attempted to hold a smile and tactfully changed the subject. How did you know the city was under attack? We didn't send anyone. We weren't able to. Denethor waved his sword around dramatically. I have spies everywhere. One such spy, one such spy sent word, and I was able to muster the guard two days ago. Though I don't doubt you would have found a way to save the city regardless. Unlikely, father. Those Easterlings were fierce and well trained. I fear that this attack was merely to test our strength. Denethor stared thoughtfully out the window, considering his son's words. At the very least, they would show them were strong enough to defeat them. For now, Faramir stated. Again, it's it's possible that this is only a portion of what's to come. We need to strengthen our defenses. You're right, of course, Denethor agreed, drumming his fingers on the windowsill. Do whatever you must to keep Harrison and the other city, other outer cities safe. This attack had brought many questions to my mind, questions that must be answered at once. With that, he strode out the door, leaving Faramir and Vormir looking at each other uncertainly. They both knew that of late their father wasn't himself. Something was different. They'd have to rely on their own wits from them from then on to keep Gondor safe. My lord, our losses were minimal in the retreat, an Easterling officer said as he stood in front of Lord Carnar. However, I have asked to return to Morgothrone to gather more men. Lord Carnar stared at the officer as he began to shift nervously. He seemed to be thinking. Perhaps you're right. If the attack itself went flawlessly, with more men, we'd be able to take the city, he said, measuredly after a moment. The officer relaxed and nodded. I'll order the men to prepare the march, he said, speaking briskly. He turned to leave. Wait, Carnar said, causing the officer to turn back. Bring me the soldier who opened the gates. Kill. I wish to commend him on his work. Yes, my lord, the officer exclaimed, and he spun on his heel and left. Connor smiled. Raphael had carried out his orders to the letter and sent the, the younger prince under his control. Now for the next part of his plan. Connor planned to promote Raphael and from there help him seize control of his tribe by force if necessary. With the Dorgeshi under his control, Connor and his fellow lords would be able to challenge and overthrow the Khan once and for all. The stops were abruptly interrupted and the officer who had just left stormed back into the tent. My lord, Rokil was seen leaving the city during the assault. He evidently killed one of our men as well. Connor slammed his fist on the table in anger. What had gone wrong? He thought Rokil was loyal, but perhaps he was wrong. Raven
Bring me the assassin for breakfast. The officer's eyes wide. Isn't that a bit extreme, my lord? He whispered. No, Connor shouted, clenched his teeth. He knew he couldn't risk letting Rukil live. If he somehow turned the Torkeshi against him, or worse, told a servant of Starrise of his disloyalty. Very well, my lord, at once. The officer once more left the tent, this time shaking with fear. Connor understood. Even he feared the assassin sent the order. Oh, snap. He's there. Oh, snap. I love it when assassins are involved. And I think it's switching back to Okay. Yep. All the tales I had been told and all the legends I had heard about the West had done nothing to prepare me for what my eyes fell upon. Two massive statues stood at the top of a giant waterfall, silencing the most watching all who passed under their sight. Oh, this is the place in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. The thing. Yep. That's what that is. They seemed to be they seemed to me to be of a different era and were symbolic of a long dead kingdom. Despite that though, they were still majestic to behold. There was nothing alike to them in the eastern land. I decided that despite being on the run and against my better judgment, I wanted to get a closer look at these stone titans. In order to do so, however, I'd have to climb the rocks to get to the top of the waterfall, something that was dangerous, but if it worked, it would make it difficult for anyone to follow me. When I reached the cliffs, I realized that the task before me was monumental. They had looked, they had looked tall from further away, but turning back now to lose indeed any lead I had on possible pursuers. It was easy to find the footholds in the craggy rocks. By the time I got halfway up, I was out of breath and my arms were aching. I looked around for an outcropping to rest on for a moment, and having found one, I made my way towards it. I reached for a handhold, and suddenly my hand slipped, throwing me off balance and leaving me hanging by one arm. I looked down at the ground, which was quite a distance between me now, and began to feel sick. Heights, I realized, were not my friend. I reached up with my free hand, and this time managed to grab the handhold I had been reaching for. I breathed a sigh of relief and climbed the rest of the way up. At the thought, a, a warrior like me, afraid of heights, best not let Hadar know about that. At the thought of Hadar, a pang of sorrow went through me. I'd probably never see him again, and he'd heard that I deserted and hated for the rest of his life. Damn it, why was making the right choice so hard? I rolled onto my side and looked out at the landscape below and saw the path I had traveled along. It looked so small to me. Wait, was that movement? I looked closer, and my suspicions were confirmed. I could clearly see the shape of a dark clad man picking his way through the terrain below towards, uh, towards the base of the cliff. He must have been sent after me. I'd gotten enough rest anyway, and it was clear I wasn't safe there. I stood and without hesitation began scaling the cliffside again, moving even faster than before. After another hour of difficult climbing, I made it to the top of the cliff. I looked down toward the bottom and saw no sign of my hunter. Hopefully he was unfamiliar with climbing, I thought to myself. I didn't waste any more time, and instead plunged into the hilly forest that lay before me. The trees were tall, but not so tall as to block out the light. The sun shone down onto the forest floor and illuminated the yellow leaves that covered it. As I ran, do you need to pause it? We have two minutes. So I'm going to pause it. We got to talk about the contest. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to yeah. pause it and then okay. restart it. Okay, we're back. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to start this paragraph again. After another hour of difficult climbing, I made it to the top of the cliff. I looked down toward the bottom and saw no sign of my hunter. Hopefully he was unfamiliar with climbing, I thought to myself. I didn't waste any more time and instead plunged into the hilly forest that was before me. The trees were tall, though not so tall as to block out the light. Sun shone down onto the forest floor and illuminated the yellow leaves that covered it. As I ran, the leaves crunched underneath my feet, and I realized that my trail would be incredibly easy to follow. Unfortunately, there was little I could do to hide it. Not that it mattered. My hunter was most likely a skilled tracker and would pick up my trail regardless. I soon came to the top of a tall hill, and in front of me was a chair, if it could be called that. It was more like a throne in appearance, and was surrounded by crumbling battlements and pillars. Perhaps it had once been the seat of a king, though I wondered what made a king would have such a wild and untouched throne. Out of curiosity, I set upon it, and the view from it filled me with awe. To the north, I could see the Anduin, like a thin ribbon winding through a dense forest. The misty mountains rose up like sharp teeth in the far distance, their white peaks disappearing into the clouds. It was a beautiful sight, and one that I would only likely see once in my life. I took a deep breath and observed it silently, for a moment forgetting my plight. The world looked so peaceful from here. I was torn from my thoughts with a start as I heard a twig snap in the forest behind me. What was that? Surely my hunter wouldn't have caught up so soon. I spun around to face the intruder, and he was already upon me. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> Honestly, these last three chapters have just been, oh, snap. I know. I know how it's <coughs> been. That's it. That's it. Three more chapters left for the Wow.
I love that though. Like I'm freely because like I I don't understand why I don't remember any of this, but I think I binge read it though. Read it, binge read it, yeah. <laughs> read it, um, the first time, because that's just all I did with my life. I like wasn't doing school, and oh, it was yeah. just it was when we had moved, and so I yeah wasn't doing school, and I was just reading fan fiction day in and day out, and it was great. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, I probably had no life. Yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) Okay, so, contest. The best story was called Snakeskin by Green Scholar Tales. It was beautifully written. Yeah? Um, it's about... Did you put these on our reading list? All of the... All of the stories that were entered are on... A contest reading list on our okay. profile. So, yeah, if you go there, you can find it. I guess I could make a different, another reading list for like the winners. Um, that might be smart. Yeah. But it's called Snakeskin, and it's about um, it's set in the Fourth Age, and it's about like Aragorn comes over, um, like as because he's king by that point, um, right. to negotiate. Uh, what do they call this? That. (laughs) I just blanked. Um, with Harad. And so, that was, and it was, it was so, it was so well written. Like, it's hard, just read it. Um, and then the best cover was The Purge by Kingly Moss. Mosses, Kingly Mosses. Um, but it's also on there, but yeah, it was a really, it was like a black and white themed. And it was, it was really good. I really liked it. So, round one is done. Round two, um, it, the requirements are, write a story set in the north. I can't read my own writing. <laughs> nor probably, like, the north, well, like, Dale, the men of, uh, or, like, Mirkwood area, like, I think the Shire it's and stuff one. is, huh? Uh, I think, no, that's further down. I'm sorry. We need to do a contest strictly for it. Strictly. That's what I said. He's like, that's too, like, like I don't like, care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Let's just do it. Um. So the second round has started? Yes, and the deadline is April 1st. Um, the five people will be eliminated this round. Um, and there's actually, he put, like, a word count limit Ooh. on it this year Whoa, so well because there was a lot of stories that ended up being like 5,000 words which are great to read and they're right. beautiful stories but if you have like 10 of those right. it takes a long time to read that so 3k is the word limit um the only people who were eliminated last round were the people who okay hang on okay we're back um Brianna, our sister, just walked in. Yeah, we had no idea. Yeah. Well, we did, but we forgot. Um, <laughs> um, okay, were the people who... What was I talking about? Who did, oh, who um, weren't able to write. So, like, he's doing... Because he's doing it by numbers, and so he had so many people who entered, and so many people had to move into the next round in order for all the rounds to work. And so it, it was just ended up playing out that it was the people who couldn't write that were eliminated. I got you. Um, so, but yeah, there's like a whole month, or well, when the first, when the second round, like, was started, there was a whole month between. Yeah. So most people should be able to. Which makes me really happy, because that's a pretty wide range of place to write yeah. about. And I would love to see some from Dale. Yes. I want to see some, like, from Dale and stuff that aren't Hobbit timelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, before, after. Like, what about when the doors were wandering? After their home was destroyed. Ooh! Like, yeah, because they became, what was it, miners and makers of toys yes. and all that stuff. Bitter little men. And they never forgot. <laughs> and they never forgot. They never <laughs> <laughs> We're both doing the motion, the by the way. Which reminds me, I got a little bit of chills on me when I was watching the Lord of the Rings the other night, and, and um, Bilbo, when he's leaving the party, is like, um, um, I bid you all a very fond farewell. And I was just like, huh. it's just like the song. Just, 
I love that song so much. But sweet. So I'm guessing we're going to feature the best story. Yes, at the end story. of the whole whole contest Thing. that's what yes oh, okay. so I we're gonna mention as we yeah oh, okay, so the okay. the grand prize that's the that's one of the grand prize winner I gotcha. things okay. yep and then after that we'll probably go back and feature a couple of them stories. yeah yeah, yeah okay. just one of the a couple of my personal favorites um i think that's it all right are you doing anything interesting this week nope me neither. Cleaning my house, as you can see. <laughs> it's, it needs, it's just, there's very there's little some, space. Yeah, there's like... So it's hard to like, if you're like, change, trying on outfits and you're in a hurry, it's hard to put that stuff back. Because it takes ten minutes to get to where right. back is. Yeah. Exactly, and then you come home late and like, well, I'll do it tomorrow. You do it tomorrow. And you have to put other outfits on top of that for mm -hmm. the next day. And just, yep. It adds up. So I'm going to yep. try to get some organization I feel in that. here and see if I can't get up. Also, just not very clean. I mean, there is messy. that. Well, but there, yeah, there's there's a difference between, like, dirty and messy. Right. And it's, it's just messy. Yeah, my, well, it's a little dirty, too. <laughs> <laughs> Shh! I was gonna, we were gonna talk about that off air. <laughs> no, we need to talk about the whole, <laughs> no. Honey. <laughs> Sweetheart. <laughs> but yeah, so cleaning my house, that's it. Yeah. You got any plans for the weekend? I'm gonna go see Captain Marvel Friday night. Ugh. Wait, that's tomorrow. Yep. Shoot. Um, I'm really going Sorry, because I I, I'm really going, yeah, because um, some friends I haven't seen in a while are going and want me to go, so I'm just gonna go. I might be going to the beach. Oh yeah. Um, but my tire is questionable, so I might not go. Um. So nothing. So not, how, hopefully nothing. I kind of just want to sit at home and work on younger prints. And also work on a project that I can't tell y'all yet oh, that yeah. you know about it, or you will as soon as we're done. Oh, yeah. We talked about it earlier, but I don't... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I um, so information on that will come out soon, um, hopefully. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. Alrighty. Guess that's... Until next week. Until next week. The week after that, yeah, Taylor Blood. Yep, I'm excited. I'm, I'm so excited. I am too excited. Too. I hope he is too. Yeah, he is. He keeps he'll he'll bring it. He's like, oh, you need to tell him if there's anything that he wants to expand on. He needs to, to write bring. it down because, yeah. like, you think my memory is bad. I love him, but his memory is worse. Wow. Okay, then that's really bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> But, okay, I guess then we're going to wrap this up. All right, until next time. Until next. Bye. Bye.